the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I am so very, very thankful when people come up and say, Pastor, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Because I need those prayers. We all need those prayers. And you know that when we pray for a missionary or a pastor that we are participating in their ministry, and through some God-ordained fashion, we're going to reap a reward for our participation in that ministry. Have you ever thought about prayer in that way? I know I haven't. I've been a Christian for more than 50 years, and, uh, well, that's news to me. I'm anxious to hear, along with you, what Pastor Leighton Sheely has to say about what he just said (laughs) on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, on the web at highlands.us. True Christianity is all about Christ Jesus. He's preeminent, he's supreme, everything revolves around him, he's of first importance, and that's because Jesus is unique. Jesus is God incarnate. The word incarnate means in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh, who came to reconcile mankind with God by making peace through his death on the cross. The theme of Colossians is the supremacy of Christ. We're coming now to the final verses of Colossians, and As Paul draws his letter to a close, he reminds the church of their responsibilities concerning prayer and their relationship with uh, non-Christians. And so before we study it verse by verse, let's read it in its entirety so we can hear the message from Paul. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychicus will tell you about my activities. He's a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the house, the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you've received in the Lord. 
I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So let's study the passage verse by verse. Paul begins in verse 2 by saying, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. In these few words, Paul describes the characteristic of a satisfying spiritual prayer life. He said to continue in prayer, to continue. Don't stop praying. Or as it's put in 1 Thessalonians, pray continually. Now, he's not talking about us being always on our knees in our prayer closet. What he's talking about is as we go through our daily activity that we are continuously in an attitude of prayer. Now, what does that mean? That means as we go through our day that we are always recognizing that Christ is with us, that God is with us. He's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. We are always in the presence of Christ. And secondly, that we depend upon Him. And thirdly, that we need to be obedient to Him. That's what it means to pray continually, have an attitude of prayer all through the day. Too many of us just pray occasionally, like when we feel like it, or when there's a crisis, or when it's time to sit down and have a meal, those kinds of things. And what he's saying is we should continuously, all through the day, be in an attitude of prayer. And then he says that we should continue steadfastly in prayer, steadfastly. You know, uh, somebody's observed that uh, God has three ways, at least three ways of answering our prayers. Yes, no, and wait. And sometimes when we get the wait signal, we don't get a signal. And we can continue praying and continue praying, and, 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 and eventually we give up. What he's saying is, don't give up. Don't stop praying. Know that God is hearing your prayers. God is hearing your prayers. I remember I was being... I, was in, uh, I went back to, a number of years ago, I went back to visit uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I was being taken back to the airport by the head of security. I mentioned this story last service. Somebody came up afterwards and said, Pastor, you probably should clarify why the head of security was taking you to the airport. <coughs> and just so you know, he was the only guy available at the moment. So, but we had an opportunity to get acquainted in the car. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, what trained you for being the head of security at the church here? And he said, well, I've been in just about every prison in New York. And then he went on to tell his story, and, and he was a rascal. A rascal is a very polite way of putting it. Um, but uh, his wife was praying for him the whole time. And even his son, when his, his son got old enough, said, Mom, you need to give up praying for Dad. It, nothing's going to happen. He's a loser. <laughs> and she would not quit praying. And she prayed for like 15 or 20 years. And God got a hold of him and transformed him. That's what, that's what being steadfast in, in prayer means. You don't give up praying. You're steadfast in it. And then he says that we should continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. Being watchful in it. Watch and pray is a a phrase that's used often in the scripture. Jesus used the phrase, Paul used it. And what it means is to pay attention to what we're saying and watch for God's answer to our prayer. Watch what we're saying. You know how many times we pray and we don't even pay attention to what we're praying? We just pray by rote. We have the same prayer when we do sit down to have our meals. and We're not even paying it. What it's saying is pay attention to what we're saying to God. And then be watching for God how he answers our prayer. And then finally Paul here says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. We observed when we were last together how many times the word thanksgiving comes up in, in Colossians. It, it, it is one of the themes of Colossians. We're to be grateful for salvation, 
In chapter 1, we're to be grateful for growth. In chapter 2, we're to be grateful for fellowship with Christ and His church and the opportunity to serve. In chapter 3, and then here in chapter 4, we're to be thankful to God that He hears our prayers and He answers our prayers. Our life should be filled with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be an integral part of every prayer that we make. Because if all we're doing is asking God for stuff and never thanking Him for answering our prayers, really our prayers are all about us. They're just selfish prayers. And the purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. Prayer is not telling God what to do or what to give. Prayer is asking God for what He wants us to do and what He wants us to give according to His will. And so it's very, very important that we are always thankful in our prayers. We have so much to be thankful for. When Paul wrote this, he was in prison, and he was still giving thanks. You need to be thankful in every situation. Verse 3, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison. And you notice here that even Paul, who was an apostle, asked for people to pray for him. And, and, if, and if this, this super apostle, if you will, felt the need for prayer support, how much do you think you and I need prayer support? I am so very, very thankful when people come up and say, Pastor, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Because I need those prayers. We all need those prayers. And you know that when we pray for a missionary or a pastor that we are participating in their ministry? And through some God-ordained fashion, we're going to reap a reward for our participation in that ministry. Uh, Dr. Charles Spurgeon was one of the great pastors of yore. He, he built a mega church in London, and he was called the Prince of Preachers. And the story is told of someone who came to visit him, and he asked the visitor, would you like to see the powerhouse of this ministry? And the visitor, of course, said, yeah, I want to know what this is. What, what, what is what's happening? What, what, where is this coming from? And Pastor Spurgeon took him downstairs to the basement and showed him the people who were praying and said, while I'm preaching up there, these folks are praying down here. This is where the powerhouse of this ministry comes from. All, all through our services, we have people who are praying. Did you notice that Paul didn't ask for the doors to the prison to be opened? But he asked for the doors of ministry to be open. He didn't ask the doors of the prison to be open so he could walk free. He asked for the opportunity to minister, the doors, opportunities to minister. And, you know, he was surrounded by guards who may have thought that they were keeping him captive, but actually they were the captive audience. And because of his faithfulness in sharing the gospel with those guards, the scriptures tell us that there was even saints in Caesar's household. The mystery of Christ spread even into and inside of Caesar's household. The mystery of Christ here describes the revelation of Christ as presented in the gospel, the, the, the good news of salvation. Uh, the apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. There's that phrase. Which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the, of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. 
Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The mystery of Christ is the salvation message that God created us to love him and to serve him, but because of sin, we are not able to do that. And we're not able to remove that barrier of sin or save ourselves, but Christ has done that for us. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with another edition of Study Verse by Verse and Part 1 of the final message in this lengthy series from the Book of Colossians. I'm Mike Trout. If you've missed any of the messages before or you'd like to listen to them again, please go to the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Remember to pray for us. We're a local ministry, and we need your prayer support and your financial support. You can give safely when you go to that website, highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day, and come back tomorrow as we continue to study verse by verse.